0: Welcome to BCC's Sashin Lecture. Today's speaker is Hozan. Well, good morning, everyone. This is the first day of our five-day online Sashin. And uh, Sashin, as most of you know, means literally to touch the heart, the heart-mind, that is, to touch the essence, to touch the fundamental in oneself, uh, which means to bring oneself to unity, to return to oneness. So my subject uh, today, and also tomorrow, I believe, is going to be continuous practice. Uh, there's the fascicle, the longest fascicle in uh, Dogen Zenji's Shobo Genso is Gyoji, continuous practice, and I'll, I'll speak a bit more about that. Um, and in the course of my talks this week, I'm going to pick up on what I was doing uh, earlier in the year. I think before before aspects of practice, uh, which is to parallel something that we saw so often from Sojin Roshi, uh, just for all the years that we practiced with him, uh, he was again and again, going back to his teacher as a source and commenting on uh, talks by Suzuki Roshi on, on uh, pieces from Zen Mind, McKinner's mind, or not always so, uh, or the many unpublished uh, lectures, which we have in transcription. And so what I've been thinking about over the course of this last year is uh, the wealth of material that we have from Sojin Roshi and commenting on his his lectures. Uh, We have, there are more than 2,500 lectures. Uh, At this point, they've almost all been digitized, which means we have a digital uh, audio of, of his talks, and some have been transcribed, quite a few, but many, many more, much the majority, have not been transcribed yet, so that's something that's ahead of us. And what I'm working from here today and this week are uh, some of the lectures that have been transcribed uh, and edited for use in his forthcoming book, which uh, Ron and uh, Kika and Raghav have been putting together and I've been helping them and it's just about actually to ready to go to the publisher. So anyway, uh, that's kind of what I'll draw from and comment on them. But I wanted to offer a few suggestions first for how we do Sashin. Since our days are short uh, online, uh, I really invite you to think about how you spend your mornings and evenings. We're starting at seven fifty, and we end at five o'clock. Uh, and the session guidelines uh, that Gary read after the first period ask you not to read, write, or use electronic media. This may be beyond the beyond the realm of reality for all of us. Uh, so I wanted to make a suggestion. The important thing is to keep Sushi in mind. And that's of course, what we'll be talking about when we explore uh, this matter of continuous practice. So really do your best to maintain the spirit of seshin, the spirit of continuous practice. What you could do if you have hours stretching before you, of course, you can always do zazen on your own. Uh, But if you're going to read, read a Dharma book. Don't pick up a mystery or a diverting novel pick up a Dharma book. Maybe pick up a book that you've always wanted to read, but haven't quite gotten around to. And that's fine. That's actually also in the spirit of our practice, particularly in these shortened days. Uh, And I would say the same thing goes with any electronic media that you use, keep it in the realm of Dharma. And if you can avoid uh, any unnecessary emails, or texting, or God forbid, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, And I think what you'll find also is uh, how much a temptation it is how much the pull is towards those media, at least for some of us. So, and also um, try to avoid unnecessary conversations. Uh, It's fine to have conversations that you have to have, or even, you know, quiet, polite conversation, but try to contain yourself in the spirit of continuous practice. So that's kind of my, that's my suggestion. And I will try to do this myself. I promise you that. So in, uh, his fascicle gyoji, or continuous practice, uh, right at the beginning, uh, it says, The whole universe is the monastery. And conversely, that means the monastery is the whole universe. Um, so, we may not be ready to accept the fact that the that the whole universe is the monastery but in the context of our practice like it or not it is and uh now this week uh, the whole universe is our zoom screen and that's another thing that we may not be thrilled about, but it's what we're being given. So this is the practice that we have at hand right now. And continuous practice means meeting whatever is at hand with the mind of practice. And taking care of it. taking care of, you know, I just see all these wonderful faces in front of me. I, I keep the, uh, the gallery view on because I don't need so much to look at myself, but I am moved to see all of your faces. And that's my monastery. Uh, and in this moment, That's my universe, the universe that we're co-creating right now. So I'm gonna turn to a, one of the lectures that Sojin gave. And this was, uh, I think all the lectures that I'm going to uh, reference were Sashin lectures. And this one was taken Uh, from the sixth day of a Rohatsu Sashin, and I'm not sure what year. Uh, You know, and he says, we've been sitting zazen, doing kinyin, eating meals, cooking meals, and serving each other, which I really wish were the case, but that will come. Uh, And he says, moment by after moment, we've been dealing with our silent dramas dealing with our not-so-silent dramas, uh, with our complaints and our doubts. This is continuous practice, a very concentrated time of continuous practice. Then he says, during this time, two questions come up. One is why, and the other is how. This is this was a uh, this is kind of a steady refrain or teaching. If I if I had to if I had to uh, single out uh, key teachings from Sojin, I think in the top ten or the top five would be uh, to raise up the question of how. Uh, meaning, how do I do this? How do I practice? How do I sit the How do I live? And within that, I think is another really compelling message. Uh, four words. I mean, this this is sort of my gloss on this. The premise of the question, how, is you can do this. You can do this. And, of course, that brings up the question, how do I do this? So... So goes on, Sashin is pretty difficult. It's difficult to stay in our seat, dealing with painful legs, painful mind, listening to the loop of our thoughts, continuously going round and round, which is interesting because uh, the two words that that go to that go together in Gyoji are, and I'll, I'll again. I'll talk about this more tomorrow. Gyoji dokan. Uh, dokan means circle of the way, or way ring. And um, I don't think that's what Sojun means when he talks about the, our thoughts continuously going around and round. Uh, That's maybe that's the way of uh, the wearing is not the is not the ring of uh, perseveration or obsessive thought. (laughs) You know, it's it's something else. It's really following the way but, but still, we all know about these uh, thoughts continuously going around. When I, I think the first time I said Tangario uh, at Tasahara was when I was there for, for a uh, relatively short practice period in 1985. And um, Tangario is your, it's traditionally when a monk would show up at the temple gate for a practice period, they would be Ask, they'd be they just sit there they sit by the gate for uh, a long time maybe a week uh and uh, to show their sincerity and after that if they persisted they would be led into the temple uh, so the first time I sat tongario at Tasahara I had this, just this mind worm, of a song going around in in my head, for for the whole of several days. I think we sat for two or three days that because it was a short practice period, and the song was, actually, the song was a song by Bessie Smith, the great uh, uh, classic blues singer. Uh, I'm sure some of you know her. But she, she had a song she sang, and this went on and on in my head. It was, I've got what it takes, but it breaks my heart to give it away. That's <laughs> it. It's like, I, you know, I could see this is completely the right message, uh, the right critical message about myself. But, you know, it was driving me crazy. It was just going around and around. So that's the the loop of our thoughts. And that happens to us in Sesshin. So says, it's sometimes difficult accepting the various emotions that come up. And we all know about that. Uh, It's difficult to sit and not get attached to the nice states of mind, which might occasionally appear. But then he says, as the truth at the heart of our Soto Zen approach, the state of mind one seeks in Zazen is no special state of mind. When we first read about meditation, it's very intriguing. We're lured into this activity, hoping to reach nirvana. We don't understand that nirvana is the pain in our legs. Sorry. That's quoting Sojin. Kazani says so it's natural for something to look for something special to bring home. We sit here for a week. What happened? Nothing happened. It all went by in a moment. What did I get after seven days? Nothing. Just painful legs. Sawaki Kodo Roshi, I was reading. Um, I was reading uh, some commentary by by him on the idea that again was is just a key idea in Soto Zen and Suzuki Roshi's teaching, in Sojin's teaching, the idea of no gaining mind. Uh, this is actually, I found there's a Japanese word for it, which is mushotoku. Uh, uh, but in his commentary on this, Koro Sawaki, one of our 20th century Zen ancestors, uh, asserts very strongly Zen is good for nothing. good for nothing you know this is what we're we're trying to understand nothing you know so that it's good for it might give us a better understanding even though it's not a thing it's no thing so no thing happened to us in the course of sishin I think we have a, a BCC banner that we unfurl for some time during some during some of our special events. Uh, and I think uh, I, I wrote the the motto. Uh We did it for our 50th anniversary. I think if I'm remembering right, it said accomplishing nothing for 50 years. And that's, uh, that's pretty good. If you can really accomplish it, you know, if you can really settle into it. And so it goes on. So the session state of mind is no particular state of mind. What we get is no special thing. If you got something, that might be a mistake. Be careful. So what are we doing? So it says it's seven days of letting go. I would say coming from a slightly different angle, it's seven days of it's seven days of letting go of any idea that you have, but it's seven days of accepting whatever comes. It's seven days of total receptivity. If your legs hurt, that's what's coming. If your thoughts go round in an incessant loop, that's what's coming. If you sit, and this is often what I've been doing lately as I sit, just try to open my senses. And um, here, particularly, particularly here, whatever is coming in. So sitting at home or sitting in the Zendo, I can hear a train whistle, I can hear the sound of the birds, I can hear the wind, I can hear somebody driving by with radio and all these things just pass right through, like a breeze blowing through a hall and being receptive. This is the mind that we cultivate is a mind of, uh, the open awareness is a mind of complete receptivity. And That's, con- that's continuous practice. At the end of this paragraph, so it just says, the most difficult thing of all is just to stay in your seat. And that means, I think, literally and figuratively, literally to stay in your seat might be easier than figuratively to stay in your seat. Uh, because in our seat, in any given moment, we can wander a thousand miles away in an instant and be off feeling something or thinking about something. And also, uh, looking for, as Sojin says, we look for the next comfortable position, the next interesting thing. It's very hard to stay where we are, to stay in one place. Any of you who have experience of Sashin will know that you're sitting there and your legs hurt and you may think, I'm just, I'm just going to move a little. I'm just going to shift this leg. As soon, I mean, I've learned the hard way, and I'm sure many of you have. As soon as you start moving to find that comfortable place, you can't stop. So instead of you know sitting there twenty minutes and then uh, and then moving shifting positions, well the next time you move, it's going to be five minutes from now, and the next time you move it's going to be one minute from now. You know once you start moving, uh, you're following a different. you your mind is going around in a different way. It's hard. But it's hard also to sit there with the pain. You can breathe into it. And, you know, you can try to let it go. And if it's really painful, you can bear down a little harder with your breath. And I would say, as I was speaking, last weekend, um, if you're actually concerned that you might be doing yourself some injury, then move. But just know, once you move, uh, you may have started something that uh, is hard to end. So in this lecture, Sojin goes on, we have these two questions. First, why do we do this? So when we start to sit, we instinctively know why. It's beyond our reasoning, but somehow we know. This is way seeking mind. Uh We We know why, but sometimes that why is is completely beyond my understanding i just accept it i accept that uh, there's some reason to do this even if i don't understand it um His metaphor is, it's like taking a boat ride. We know we enjoy going out in the boat, but then a big storm comes up. Pretty soon the boat's leaning over and the sails are starting to rip. The waves are coming over the gunnels. We say, why did we ever do this? But it doesn't help. The real question is, how do I deal with this? So he says, how is the practice question? Why is valid, but it's secondary to how. Take your life, for example. Why was I born? It doesn't matter, here you are. And the real question is, how do I live in this life? How do I deal with this situation? He says, when we hold this question of how that's continuous practice. That's the koan of your life. How do I do this? How do I live? At a certain point, we will ask ourselves, How do I die? And again, I come back to this underlying reality. You can do this. You can do this because demonstrably everyone in history up to this point has done it. Everyone has lived and everyone has died. And so I think then you come to a question, you come to the another aspect of this question, how? How do I live? How do I function in this world? in this community, in my family? How do I want to be? And again, for me, the how goes back to the very method of continuous practice, which I would describe as one dimension of it being receptivity, and the other dimension being activity. We always have this in, again, in our Soto practice, uh, we know that uh, our ancestors were steadily speaking about what we call practice realization which means that we practice to express our enlightened nature. And so this one side is just the receptive, the taking in, the allowing everything to penetrate us. And then what flows from that is the appropriate response. Activity. So in Sashin, the appropriate response is to sit down. If we were doing, but but it's also important to recognize that Sashin, the model that we have of Sashin, is a kind of conscious and beautifully structured version of everyday life so in sashin we we sit we walk you know usually we would be uh, eating our meals together and some of us would be cooking and serving we have work period we listen to a, a dharma talk so we do some uh that's some intellectual aspect of, of things. It's like the whole day we take a nap during the break, maybe. Though some places they prohibit you from taking naps. Uh, But we're not, we're not that tough. Uh, And also some of us are of an age where we need a nap. Uh, So it's like a whole day is our activity. which includes a significant amount of sitting. So how we live is first allowing ourselves to be as receptive as we can, and then to express our enlightened nature with our activity. And this is not easy, because we always want to know. We want to know about what we're doing. We want to know about what's going to happen. And Sojin says, how do I stand in this place right now? How do I sit in this spot right now? Totally. And he says, actually, I, I had forgotten this, They're relevant to what I just said. He said, this is not just about sitting zazen, but about walking, eating, moving. How do I harmonize body, mind with the universe? That's our practice. When we sit, we harmonize body and mind with the universe without discriminating without picking and choosing how do we harmonize the intellect with the heart Uh, and that's interesting because uh, the shin part of seshin is the character that we have for heart mind and in that uh, understanding coming from the Chinese uh, ideogram, heart and mind are one thing, and this is different from much of what we've inherited in the in the Western in Western intellectual tradition, where heart is here, and mind is here. And uh, somewhere there's some mysterious relationship between the two of them. But we don't understand it, because we think of them as two things. But in our understanding in our Zen understanding, they are not two things. But Sojin says, when we find our center, our heart, then the mind is under control. The mind is under control because the mind is not separate from the heart. If we can locate the heart, then we're locating the mind. Uh, Sojin goes on, if the mind is not under the control of the heart, it becomes divorced from humanity it begins, the mind, it begins to exaggerate its own importance and becomes what we call evil. And uh, he goes on to a riff here, which is actually fun to read about comic books. Uh said, comic books are archetypal stories which represent the real battles of our time Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. In comic books, there's always an evil one with a big head. He has all the technical control at his command. And the hero has spiritual strength. This battle between the head and heart is actually the battle of our time. I would say it's the battle of our uh so-called modern or postmodern civilization. It may not be the battle of indigenous societies that uh, still exist in our world. But it's it's kind of what we're being what we're being sold day after day in our literature and our uh, movies and our comic books. Uh, So he says, this battle between the head and the heart is actually the battle of our time, between the forces of technology, of expanding brain power, and the spirit struggling to bring these under control. The tensions of our time arise because technology and brain power are easily cut off from the heart, from the solar plexus, from the vital center. So what we're doing, again, to touch the heart, mind, is to unify these, to recognize that they are, not not to unify two disparate things, but to recognize that they are one, and that we we kind of, we've been misguided, or we've been sold a bill of goods. In comic books, the hero is always trying to keep it together. This same battle goes on in each of us. When the mind is divorced from our vital center, it leads to cunning, to domination, and unrest. The world is in a terrible state, a state of terrible unrest, and getting worse all the time. Zen practice is to harmonize the mind and keep it under control so that it can work in harmony with the heart and the rest of the body. The mind should be working for humanity, not just for its own satisfaction. The heart, as we talk about it, this is what I, would, what I think is that the heart, as we talk about it in Zen, permeates the body. And you could say uh, this whole body is the universe. This whole body is our monastery. And, you know, in China and Japan, when they built a monastery, the model for that monastery was the body. If you look at it... uh, if you look at the sort of the the architectural layout of a monastery, uh, it has all of the different parts of the body. And just like the body, they all cooperate. If one piece of that body is not cooperating, we're we're in trouble. So Sojin says, we sit up straight and harmonize all this in one act. We don't care so much about intellectual speculation. Instead, we care about being grounded. Just to say, intellectual speculation can be grounded. Intellectual, the mind, the work of the mind is not separate from uh, the whole of reality. But habitually, we kind of see it as separate. So we have to be careful. And he comes to something that I would say is another one of, of the top 10 of sojin's teachings. So I drink to you here. And he says, when you pick up a cup of tea, pick up the cup, with both hands. Drink the drink the tea with no separation between you, the cup, and the tea. The cup is not an object. The tea is not an object. And I would add, you are not an object. There are no objects. And this is another one of just the key things that i try to remember of Sojin's teachings uh, don't treat anything like an object now it's relatively easy to apply that to this cup because it doesn't talk back the problems arise it's, it's trickier with people because they kind of argue with you or they they want to do what they want to do. Wait, you're not part of me. You're going off in your own direction. How do we see that as part of the reality that we're living? And the wonderful thing about seshin is that's what we're doing. It's seshin is one body activity one big body. Uh, when we let go of everything, not, no one thing stands out. The, sun, the center of yourself is the center of everything. When we sit and we bring the whole world into harmony. This is called saving all beings. I discovered in the course of uh, discussions over the last few months that uh, saving might be a trigger word for some of us. Uh, perhaps it's because there's a, there are resonances with uh, Christian or other religious uh, traditions that we may have difficulty with. but I think I like the word saving and in fact I like I like the fact that it's a challenging word for me. What does it mean to save? Uh, And Sojourn kind of deepens the tra- this, this challenge in this next sentence. He says, even though people are still out there killing each other, the influence of your continuous practice has far-reaching effects, which you can never know. It's interesting. I was looking, you know, I'm sitting in, in the abbot's office and it's full of Sojin's books, which uh, are themselves full of his uh, penciled notes, some of which are quite cryptic. So I was looking at one of his translations of Dogen uh, to see if he had, you know, maybe he has solved the mystery of Gyoji, of continuous practice. And uh I opened it and found the fascicle and in pencil, uh, next to Gyoji, he says Gyoji slash continuous practice. That's the translation then in pencil he wrote is faith. So actually he did solve that question. Continuous practice is faith the influence of our continuous practice, the far-reaching influence, which we never can know, is a matter of faith. And what he says at the end of this lecture, in order to bring the world into balance, we start with ourselves. This is our way of saving beings. Um, And it brings to mind something I've been talking about for years. um, The version of the Bodhisattva vow that uh, the sixth ancestor of Zen winning speaks about Uh, we we chant sentient beings are number numberless I vow to awaken with them or save them. And in this translation from the Platform Sutra, winnings verse is, sentient beings of my mind are numberless, I vow to save them all. So this is where I will leave you in the context of continuous practice with the thought that the sentient beings of my mind are all of the impulses, are all of the memories, are all of those beings that arise in our mind. But it's also every one of you here on this screen at this moment is a sentient being of my mind. And the same is true for each of you. We are comprising the universe at this at this moment, this zoom screen is our monastery. The whole universe is our monastery. So that's what we're doing this week. Uh, tomorrow, I hope to go a little further into uh, kind of understanding of continuous practice. But let's leave that here for now. And we have a few minutes for questions.
1: I've uh, been really um, inspired for a number of years by a a Japanese, as I understand it, teaching to um, handle small things as if they're large or light or, or heavy and large, heavy things as if they're light. And I'm wondering... That seems to focus on seeing, feeling, being present with the thing, but I'm wondering how to put that together with what you said today about objects, of course, not being separate.
0: I have to, I have to think about that. You know, I also think about uh, in. Tenzo Kyokun Instructions to the Cook, uh, Dogen gives a, an instruction about, you know, where you put things on the shelf according to their size and weight. Uh, and it, it's, uh, I'm not exactly sure it's the same as what you're talking about. Uh, I think that what he's talking about is that there's an appropriate place for everything. What you're talking about is that there's a a way to meet everything. So, I mean, I would what I would say in a kind of in human terms. uh, uh, Sometimes, you know, we're going to have a meeting with somebody, and we have some anxiety or fear because we there's a you know there's a pattern. Uh, that we think has been established that means, oh, you know, I'm anxious because this could be really hard. You know, so uh, that's treating a... That's, you know, treating what... It's like what you think is a heavy thing. What's really good is to treat it as a light thing, which means I don't, you know... Let's just see how this goes. Let me treat it lightly. I think that's to me that's that's the kind of appropriate uh that's a that's a useful interpretation of that teaching uh, you know it it's fine for objects, but I think it's more important uh, and the reciprocal side is is also more important you know i How many times have, has any of us felt that you go to somebody in some position of authority or leadership and they don't take you seriously because somehow you feel, well, you may feel I'm being treated like a light thing instead of like, a heavy thing. I may be treated dismissively, rather than as somebody whose perspective, perspective and thoughts is of equal value, and valence to, to that person. Uh, I mean, I will say I've experienced this in my life. And it's, it's quite painful where I feel like I've been dismissed. And then you know then i appear say in my priest robes or my teacher robes and all of a sudden i'm by the same person i'm treated difficult different differently i do not appreciate that and my what i've learned from that is okay i don't want to do that to anyone so i think that's the to me that's that's how i apply or turn what you're asking uh, we have Andrea Thatch or Ryushin.
1: Thank you. Uh, it seemed to me that in uh, at one point in his teaching career, Sojin would talk about not what, but uh, or not uh, not why, but what and later in his career, he didn't talk about what so much, he talked about how I've thought about that as an originally an uh, an encouragement to be curious or open or fully present in the moment what is happening and more recently it's more about how do i meet the moment i wonder if you notice that change also and how how you how you understand it from your own practice what you want us to understand about it
0: well thanks that's that's two two questions first i'm not sure that i noticed that Uh, And maybe I missed something. I just, I have long memory of him talking about how. But to respond to your question, uh, the context in which that makes sense to me is, you know, what I've talked about and others talk about is actually in the three tenets that we get from Bernie Glassman. That the first tenet is not knowing, uh, and that's beginner's mind, right? The second tenet is bearing witness, and that's what, to me, is like what's going on here. You know, uh, and then the the how is the third, of an appropriate response. So before you have an appropriate response, I think, I think that the what is really important. Uh, so long as it's, so long as it's intimately connected to the how, that it's important that we just don't, we don't just react to things, but we investigate, investigating the dharmas is one of the factors of enlightenment right uh and i think that's the what dimension and i think that there's curiosity there's got to be big curiosity in in what as long as as well as in how but i think they go to, i think they go together yeah, i think really, that's, a, that's a really useful point
1: yeah thank you they both seem to me about showing up completely to the present right not,
0: not making some assumption. And, you know, one of the things I'll, I'll say, one of the kind of ongoing discourses that I had with Sojin was about intuition. Uh, as much as anybody I ever met, he really trusted his intuition. And I trusted his intuition. Uh, at the same time, my understanding of intuition is somewhere in the heart and mind. Everything that one ever experienced is in total dynamic working, and your intuition arises from that, uh, even though you may not understand it all. So, so your response may be the correct one. Your response might be quick. You might come to a what and how quickly, which is which is right, but it's also good to uh, pause a moment and reflect. Thank you. I see Joel's hand.
1: I think, thank you. Beautiful talk. Uh, it's what, Okay, this is great talk. What the question is about the very beginning, how to practice
0: in the short session. And the question was, uh, you know, my wife is wonderful and very supportive of my practice, but she herself doesn't practice very much. And so the question is about talking with her. I mean, it feels very strange not to. Um, you know, we have dinner, we walk the dog. Um,
1: so any advice about, um, uh, you know, this practice obsession as including that? Yeah. I
0: mean, that's part of the circumstance of your life. Yeah. And, uh. you know, but you can ask yourself what is practice and what is extra mm, yes for, for me yes you know for, for you know for you and and just be careful with that you know um just as in the continuous practice is about regulating our life mm-hmm. and regulating our life also means regulating our speech yeah so see how you can do that without being somehow brief or incomplete with sev you know exactly but that's fine yeah well thank you thank you so if there's we have time for maybe one more if there's another question so nathan you will have the last question or word Thank you. Um, At the end of the spring practice period, you said that one of the three defining characteristics of our tradition was um, including everything. And I've often wondered since then what that means and how we include everything. And listening to your talk today, I found myself thinking that continuous practice may have something to do with including everything. And I wonder if you would say a few words about that. Well, those are the same thing. (laughs) Uh, Including everything is our continuous practice. And continuous practice is the practice of including everything. And um, that's very hard work. Uh, What does include mean? You know, that's a really interesting question. Uh, You know, if you, uh, if you read the Vimalakirti Sutra, uh, you know, Vimalakirti talks about, you know, the practice of going to all these terrible places and places that we would think of as uh, degraded or polluted you know, uh, to brothels and bars and uh, charnel grounds and hells. And all these, these are not things we would ordinarily particularly want to include in our life. And so the question is, you know, how was he when he went to these places? you know, this, and that I really, you know, I think about that. Uh, You know, uh, how do I include even the aspects of greed, hate, and delusion that I experience does include, include, I think doesn't mean giving them free rein. Maybe it means recognizing that they are human capacities that uh, I am not beyond. And so when I step into those realms, I mean, I should step into those realms Carefully and ask myself, how do I want to be here? Uh, so I think that there's a one that how to include everything is actually a wonderful question. And that's what Sojourn says elsewhere in, the, in this talk that that how is really it's a really live question. It's a very live practice and it's endless. So good luck with that and uh, let me know how it goes. I think we're gonna end here. So thank you for your attention.